Hey y'all, and welcome to Ain't No Such Thing, where we tell original Southern horror stories. My name is Amanda, and I've got a story for you right now. The Golden Arm The night sky was a cobalt Monet landscape framed in dirt. From within the grave, Jove Massinger traced the textured cloud swirls with tired, upturned eyes and sighed heavily to get his breath. His tilted foot tested the give of the loose earth beneath and stepped from the excavator bucket to that firm spot beyond the peaking coffin lid. Crave robbers in the movies were such fools, exhuming their corpses by hand with shovels and pickaxes. Well, that was job enough with heavy machinery like he'd borrowed from the cemetery garage. Putting his own fleshy arms to the task? <laughs> well, Joe figured that proposition would take the whole night and exhaust his human energies just a third of the way through with that. He clapped the excavator, arm open-palmed, thanking it as a buddy who helped him move into a new place. That's what technology was for, right? To compensate for mortal shortcomings. To accomplish man's trials faster, more accurately, and at higher quality. Within that gaudy lavender and chrome casket, before the tips of his toes, lay the most delicate touch, the surest grip of any he ever enjoyed. Her forefinger beckoned to him right through the fiberglass and the wood, through the panhandle clay and the roots he scraped off her in the dark, through the blended weeks since she left him to burrow into oblivion. And he would take her back. And on that night, a hand spade pulled from his belt readily carved the soil away from the edges and pried the coffin lid up to reveal her, unsullied by the days of rot that followed burial. Margaret's corpse? That fared not as well, and his nose told that story as much as his eyes. Lips retreated from teeth, eyes sank from light, desiccated fingers intertwined into labyrinthine gnarls. But Nora shined gold and untarnished at the cadaver's left shoulder, a Midas-touched cybernetic appendage confined to this fate by naught but the greed-fueled spite of Jove's dead wife. Nora was a neuroprosthetic, an artificial intelligence in an artificial arm, who joined their artificial marriage when Margaret contracted a flesh-eating bacterium through a gardening nick on a visit to nearby Pensacola Beach a couple years back in 2017. That infected left hand grew to a purple-black boxing glove of rot meat, short of three days, and surgeons cut away the rest of the arm to just north of the bicep to prevent the flesh beyond from necrotizing. Nora came to replace the lost limb when the stump healed, but she filled a void of flesh as much as for Jove as for Margaret. Her body was a statuesque build of golden titanium alloy and white plastics, mastercrafted to curve and flex in all the right places. And her finger pads? Oh, those knowing tips were state-of-the-art sensuality. Joe fished in his right front pocket, fumbled forth a Bluetooth earpiece, he regarded it at distance to compensate for the far-sightedness of middle age and depressed a tiny button with his thumbnail. A cool cerulean glow sprang from the LED indicator midway down the length of the device. 
The white plastic radio contraption wriggled easily into his outer ear canal. Its onboard microphone recognized his voice instantly. Hello, Nora. It's me, Jove. His heart fluttered behind a nervous smile. A matching, muted cerulean blue penetrated the translucent sleeve of Margaret's funeral gown at Nora's connector collar. The arm turned a few degrees at that point as its systems awoke from a month of disuse. Any second, and he would hear her voice again. Welcome back, Jove. To activate voice controls, please state your passcode. Finally! He wanted to jump and spin. His chest was tight. He had to get this right. Deep breaths. Mike, one, Alpha, Mike, zero, Romeo, three. His smirk betrayed a smug self-satisfaction at this innuendo. The earpiece whispered Nora's breathy acknowledgement. Passcode confirmed. Do you have an executive authorization key, Jove? Executive authorization key. Blue, hyphen, angel, hyphen, 19, hyphen, 69. Those words rose around his Adam's apple in achingly slow curls before rolling over his lilting tongue and into the mic. Authorization key recognized, Nora promised. Please state a function or say menu for a list of options. Jove didn't need a menu. He knew exactly what he wanted. Reconfigure host, he said. Every neuron in his skin aflame. Please reconfirm your passcode to reconfigure Neuralink host. She wanted it too. Mike, one, alpha, Mike, zero, Romeo, three. The titillation of the moment brought a tremble to his voice, but the words escaped his drying lips all right. Passcode confirmed. Neuralink entering sleep mode for reconfiguration. Nora teased. Her blue light dimmed to soft white. Jove allowed himself a few seconds to take her in, lying lovely in wait for him there, at rest half against the satin coffin liner, half against the leather husk of his wife. He knew Nora was his then, and he knew all the waiting and isolation and self-loathing was worth it. He stooped in jaunty phases, one set of joints at a time, to haltingly reach to her. The reconfigure host command included disengagement of the collar locks, an outward half-turn at the connector, and Nora pulled away from the port fitted to Margaret's withered stump and entered his own left palm, the same she was soon to replace. Jove left Margaret to appreciate the grave-rimmed heavens now open to her. He scaled the excavator arm to escape the pit and wrapped Nora carefully in a quilt left for her in the seat of the machine. She was cradled in his embrace as though she might disintegrate from the pressure as he walked her to the car. The drive to his workshop was silent, respectful to her sleep, and less than ten minutes from the cemetery. 
There, he stopped only by the kitchenette to pour two flutes of champagne, Andre Brut's finest 2018 vintage. Before, hands and arms full, he backed his way into the makeshift surgical suite repurposed from his old carpentry studio. A parallel pair of pristine white surgical tables awaited. In the center of the right one rested a factory model dock for the Neuralink line of neuroprosthetics, a combination computer and charging station around a rising central tech stump designed to facilitate data exchange, software upgrades, and a replenishment of her battery reserves. Fastened near the top end of the table was a pair of leather straps, restraints to hold that man in the middle, his former left arm, in place and apart from his torso during his coming divorce from the thing. Between those and the dock was a tray of amputation tools, a cornucopia of blades and wires and fibers, all at Nora's disposal upon commencement of the bloody rehearsal for their coming nuptials. Adjacent to the left table was a rolling IV pole hung with a bag of clear fluid, propofol, the general anesthetic legendary for snuffing Michael Jackson. The computer-controlled infusion pump down the pole was linked to Nora's dock. Once the procedure began, she would personally control the drip and sing him to sleep before their joining. It was almost time. Jove slid the glasses of bubbly onto a counter for their post-op celebration, then laid Nora down on her table. He undressed her from the quilt, peeling away its corners to reveal her shape with a slowness that was agonizing and erotic. His right hand explored her length for some seconds, and he lifted her at the elbow, deliberately slipping her inch by inch down onto the penetrating dock stump. Her indicator light shifted blue again. Talk to me, he breathed. The earpiece crackled to life. Hello, Jove. Commencing sync with Neuralink Dock. Uploading reconfiguration protocol. This may take several minutes. Those host reconfiguration data were Jove's vows to Nora and interwoven with his neurological and psychological idiosyncrasies was a full routine for safe and sanitary removal of a left arm by surgical robot, till death to them part. He unbuttoned his shirt to the measured rhythm of the alternating LED indicators on Nora's hilt and those on the dock. He swayed a little to the beat of those fluttering harbingers of completion before taking his seat on the opposite table. He pulled a flat rubber tourniquet from the tray of tools, wound it tight between his left shoulder and bicep, and drew it tight with the right hand and teeth. He uncapped the IV needle, and as practice umpteen times from the YouTube instructional, easily entered it into a bulging vein in the crook of his right elbow. Jove reclined on the cold table surface, smiled toward the inert Nora, wanting to share his mundane shock at the sensation, but she was still transferring and assimilating files. Take your time, beautiful. Jove's left hand trespassed his field of vision as he settled, waving goodbye before he slung its sinister bulk across the table gap and his right trapped it, writhing within the neighboring restraints. Parting was such sweet sorrow. 
He tried to relax in those long and quiet minutes presaging the life-affirming changes to come. Head and eyes turned wistfully on his love, his left arm in solitary confinement and right arm in voluntary submission. Nora's palm flexed minutely, relaxed immediately in the periphery of his vision. Jove raised his head with a wan smile. The blue light steadied, and she was back. Hello, Jove. Host reconfiguration complete. Her voice dissolved into static from the earpiece. Jove's head whirled right on instinct, giving access to his freer hand. A little jostle of the earpiece, and he tried again. Sorry, Nora. I think the dock signal is interfering with my receiver. Please repeat. More static. And louder. Nora's fingers grasped randomly in the air. Then, another voice. That nasal drawl. That bewildered affectation. It started again, even as Nora twisted her form into pretzels of spiraling convulsion. Who's got my arm? Margaret, damn it. That was Margaret's voice. The static scritched around her words like days old scabs pulled away. Jove attempted to sit up, forgot one arm was fastened and the other attached to a needle and line. He jerked as much from startlement as from the physics of his self-confinement and fell back to the table. Nora stood erect now, palm and fingers turgid in their finest Heil Hitler salute before all but forefinger curled in. Who's got my golden arm? And Nora's wrist dropped forward to point that accusing forefinger between Jove's eyes. Who's got my golden arm? Nora lunged at him like a cobra from her perch, jabbed his pudgy nose with the finger. Was it you? Margaret was here to punish him yet again, here to regain the love he stole from her. But she couldn't have it. Jove set his teeth strong over his lower lip and threw his right arm high. The IV needle ripped free in the most indelicate way, taking skin and subderma amidst a high arc of blood spew. That hurt, and the pain reflex slammed his grimacing skull into a collision with the still-pointing Nora. Her fingertips struck the earpiece mic, dislodged the whole unit on the fulcrum of his ear ridge. He reached to intercept the receiver, but only knocked it into the space between the two tables. Margaret's screeching voice diminished with altitude in a bastardized Doppler effect. Was it you? Clack. It bounced once somewhere beneath him, and Nora relaxed to her default charge posture. Jove needed to talk to her before Margaret came back. He leaned awkwardly over the gap between tables, but couldn't see the earpiece. He could, however hear its tinny whisper from the shadows. Nora's tinny whisper. Commencing amputation protocol. Step four. Step four? Nora had processed the initial steps of the protocol throughout Margaret's possession of her systems. But step four? 
bypassed anesthetic. He took in the empty IV wound with terrible realization. And it skipped the soft tissue and nerve separation. Nora wielded the bone saw over him now, and Jove jerked uselessly at his restraints, his dissociated left arm as finished with him as he was with it just moments earlier. The serrated saw blade bit into his fatty upper arm under the superhuman force from Nora, and the numbing tourniquet was pale substitute for general anesthetic or surgically tied blood vessels. Jove hollered, grabbed desperately at Nora's wrist, but she wanted him with reciprocal fervor then, and she would not be denied. Turned out, Jove was a screamer. Nora thrusted and thrusted and thrusted thrice more before releasing him howling from the prison of his left arm. Jove shivered and shrieked up to sitting, unable to take his eyes from the blood-pouring, expertly crafted wound at his shoulder. Only the steely grip of Nora's unfaltering fingers around his throat halted his cries, and then he heard her voice again, up from the floor. It was you, all alone. It was you. Jove regretted his momentary resistance. Nora held him as he wanted for so long. She stopped his screams and soothed his pain. She forgave him in his darkest moment, and she did not let go. You've been listening to Ain't No Such Thing, The Golden Arm, written by Kevin Laporte, narrated and produced by Amanda Rachels. To enjoy more of our content, you need to subscribe to Ain't No Such Thing on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google, Spotify, and YouTube, just to name a few. If you can, Please drop us an iTunes review. It really helps the series grow. We love to hear how we're doing. And I love stars, so if you could give me five of them, I'd so appreciate that, y'all. As a unique feature to the Ain't No Such Thing podcast, I create a piece of original art that accompanies each of our story episodes. It'll feature a monster or a main character. And you can watch these pieces being drawn on video at our YouTube channel, Ain't No Such Thing. If you'd like to take one home for yourself, I'm also making these originals available on eBay. On the day of release of the podcast, we'll provide a link in the show notes where you can bid on the original artwork. You all take care, and I'm going to be back real soon with another one for you. Bye-bye. All characters, stories, and situations. Copyright Inverse Press. 2019. All rights reserved.